my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars in this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast Scott! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. And in 30 seconds time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. Okay, then I want to talk to Kevin. (laughs) No one talks to Kevin. Kevin's value is... Immeasurable. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll never even get close mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. I would murder you to protect Kevin. Okay. This is very creepy. The way you're talking about him, it's not healthy. I'm going to go talk to Kevin now. Nobody talks to Kev because he's just not here. He takes no. two weeks off to go to a convention, and he still can't even show up and do his re- record his show. No, he can't. Apparently. Oh boy. He, he's he's away. You know, he he, he comes to the state. I only see him a couple times. And now he's out. He's at a business venture. Business. Have you, have you been out to the uh, archive? Yes. Is all that complete? Uh, so I mean, it's it's organized more. It'll never be complete. It'll be complete in three generations from now when, like, Sandwich the Fourth, long may he reign, is operating the unit. Then it might be complete. I think, but, you know, you know how they used to have those uh, contests where it's like, oh, how many gumballs are in this gumball machine, and you win hundred dollars. I think that should yeah. be the next contest. How many boxes? How many tubs? How many items are in? You know, I mean, in the oh, archive. Oh, I mean, I, I I know what number is close. <laughs> you know, so I can't play because I might luck into the number, um, but it's a good amount. <laughs> so, how big is the unit? So, like, I want to say it's, like, probably goes about three miles back. Three three I mean, miles. We, we've sent a couple of excursion teams to really find the back of the unit. Um, the first team came back after about a week in the unit. Oh, so uh, the see, second team I, is I still need to do this. I need to do this. We're going to... So you send an excursion team out to the back. I'm just going to let that play in the background there. So we send an excursion team out to the back. Uh, we haven't heard anything back yet. Um, first team s- said uh, no signs of wildlife yet, but some fauna has grown. 
you know, as they got back there. Um, so, you know, we're just trying to see what the uh, ecosystem of the unit is like, you know, nowadays, you know, Kev would like the ecosystem to not exist, but, you know, with such a large expansive unit like we have, you know. It's like Pandora, it's, it's right? Got, like there's stuff hanging. Exactly, it's got its yeah. own gravitational pull. There's stuff floating through yeah. the air. It's got its oh, own yeah. ecosystem. The, the higher, bo- you can't even really see the ceiling, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you just, you just could grab on boxes and just jump up through the. I mean, and so essentially, this is Kev visiting his collection that's all in just boxes in in a storage unit somewhere. Well, so so it's not the whole it's not the whole collection. You you might be aware of that. That's true. <laughs> this is just the main product it's a archive. It's good chunk, but it's never. It's, see, the thing is, too, it's never the full collection because there's a constant flow of product entering in anyways so is it sure is it like the president and the vice president the entire collection cannot be in the same place at the same time because that'd be too dangerous in case something happens. yes you have to keep it in multiple locations scattered throughout the globe yeah no it it, what's funny is too is there's things in there that i've seen that like (laughs) he'll say they're a wheelhouse (laughs) and he'll like tell me that like oh this is a a soft focus and all these things and it's just like what was like he has things in there I like. It's like I know you don't care about this character. <laughs> what was the thing that he mentioned recently and you said you've never called out a wheelhouse before and all of a sudden you want it. Oh, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> it's That's like a, not the first or the last time we've had that conversation. I've never even heard of this uh intellectual property before and you're saying it's a wheelhouse. Oh, and then um uh soft back focus. the curtain, me and Kev uh went to a local toy convention in Jersey. I believe we went Saturday. Either Saturday or Sunday, I forget, this past weekend. And we were going around looking at stuff, and he mentioned to me that, oh, this is this is a soft focus for me. Soft focus. Oh, like that soft new terminology. Focus. Is that what you're saying now? <laughs> That's a new word. So so you can't I can't limit your wheelhouse. I can limit your wheelhouses, but not your soft focuses. That's right. There's a lot of soft focuses around. You can have the infinite soft focuses, but wheelhouses he has to be limited. <laughs> That's the rules. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Before we get into all that, let's, uh, let, let's, I mean, we've had some fun making fun of Mr. Kev, who's not here, which we'll be doing plenty of. And in, in, whenever it's a, a uh, Sandwich and Scott episode, there's plenty yes. of uh, Kev bashing all West around. West Coast Scott Witch. Should be <laughs> West Coast Scott, Scott Witch 3, right? Yes. Um, but so be sure Return you're following the, the show. <laughs> Return of the Sandwich. I like it. Um, be sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's GeekStuffTNG on all those places over on the website, GeekStuffTNG.com. You can con- contact us on the GVM line. 201-730-2547. we got quite a few uh, Comic-Con-related, uh, New York Comic-Con-related uh, voicemails in there, but we'll probably get to those on an episode when Kev is here. Um, you can also send us an email. At geeksoftng at gmail.com. And then uh, be sure you're supporting the show over on the Patreon for a dollar a month. You get access to the Discord server for $3 a month. You get the early bird special. You get the shows as soon as uh, we're done recording them along with a copy of the prep sheet. For $5 a month, it's the bonus round, right? Those are the extra mini shows like the sandwich shop uh, on the weekends and the vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. And for $10 a month, when Kev is here, you can watch the show live because he has to use every piece of equipment that he owns to Um, to, to, to My phone is currently downstairs so and i don't know if i have the instagram login so yeah no no so no instagram this week um hopefully we should get back to normal next week this is episode 697 and looking at the calendar 
I've decided. I know I said I was going to have the new intro for episode 700, but I am pushing mm-hmm. that back because there's a lot of a lot of uh, production that's going to go into the new intro. Um, yes, especially with some stuff literally just this last week that needs to go into the new intro. So um, I'm going to push that back and say, with the first episode of 2023, there will be a new intro okay. to the show. Um, so you know. Double zeros is you know just an arbitrary at, number. At this rate, episode 700 will almost line up with my birthday. That's right. Episode 700, we can celebrate the sandwich's uh, 26th birthday? Yes. Oh, my God, you're such a baby. <laughs> you, need, you need to shave that beard off again so it could be baby face sandwich for his birthday. Oh, no, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. No, because my, I hadn't shaved in two years. Um, so people I had known... For a long time at that point we're like shocked and like several double takes of like someone walking by me hey dom and looking back and like who is that guy shock yeah you're you're the dom variant from uh universe 1492 that uh shave yeah. that keeps us clean shaven uh, all right so let's uh, let's do this let's kick off with this let's do that louder geek stuff convention news and uh, so you said before you get to the big one, you you went to a toy convention, sec- yes. completely separate from New York Comic Con. Yes. What what was it called? Uh, I I think it's just New Jersey Toy Con. How big was it? Is um, it like where where was so it? So it was at like um, uh, what's it? It's like a like a what's the word for it? Like a community center essentially. It had two two uh rooms two big like cafeterias like like a gymnasium essentially and like a hallway in between that had there were like a bunch of booths there a bunch of guys selling toys you know some real interesting stuff um some soft really... soft focuses some big soft, focuses. soft focus. i i i got uh two i got a power rangers thing i got two little power rangers things and i got uh the build a figure joe fix it oh nice yeah which was cool. So, so obviously you didn't. That was a build a figure with what wave? When did that come out? I think this wave was. I forget offhand. Kev is much better at the the build a figure waves than me. Um, there were a couple guys who had like there was a guy who had all of the um the buildas like at his booth. Um. So what's something like that go for at a uh, New Jersey toy convention? So. This one went for seventy five. Ooh, that's uh, that's not cheap. Yeah. Um. So okay, the wave for this had it had a Kang the Conqueror, it had the Falcon, Jacosta, whoever that Jocasta, is. Jacosta. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Jocasta. uh. Isn't isn't that the female version of? Oh, she's like a robot. She's like an android. I can picture. She's I can picture her. Woman. I don't know. Yeah, what it is though. Yeah, I can picture her, but I don't remember. I don't remember the backstory. I remember I used to collect. One of my favorite things to collect back in the day was the uh, was the the Marvel hand, official guidebook to the Marvel universe or official handbook to the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was just basically all the characters with their backstory. You know, they put them together now in like these coffee table books that you can pick up. Um, but uh, I, I just like to read the backstory of characters that you know, little known characters. Anyway. Um, so it was, it was about seventy five bucks, along with uh, yeah, seventy five for it, and then I got you know because I'm a Power Rangers fan, 
you know, for those who know Power Rangers, you, you usually get like a watch or like a phone and that turns you into a Power Ranger and you got to do a little dancing and stuff. So I got uh, two of those because that's always like fun little like tchotchke memorabilia stuff. I like oh, to have just around. to watch. So it wasn't actually a figure. It was... Power Rangers is my number one. Yeah, it's like a little like toy watch. You like hit some buttons. It goes boom, boom, boom. Power Rangers. Some <laughs> some generic thing like that. You know, it, it's it's cool when you're nine. As an older gentleman, you know, I paid 25 bucks for two of them. So oh. I was like, you know what? Fun. Are they, Is it a matching set or is it two different ones? Two different ones from the same season. Okay. Because every season they do like, okay, here's here's the generic Power Ranger stuff. And then they introduce, you know, every season gets like a special one. So I got the special one for that season and the regular one. The regular one didn't work, but it just looks cool, you know, and then the other one worked. But, you know, I paid 20 bucks. So, you know, that's what's nice about these little like local toy conventions. If you ever get out to one, you know, you'll have guys. You had guys who were selling like just NECA stuff, Mezco stuff you know just like name brand stuff and then you have like oh cool this you know the this power ranger thing from 20 years ago it's like oh i like that that's cool you know and then oh this build a figure from two years ago that i missed you know this one figure on you know oh i can just get the figure you know yeah i think the thing about stuff like that is it's like it's like the thrill of the hunt right maybe you find something that you like maybe you find something you like for a good price right maybe you don't right yeah you know and it's, it's fun uh not that long ago, that's a couple of years ago now, I guess. Uh, I found so my wife is a Britney Spears fan, and it was like a Britney Spears doll. And I was at like a mm-hmm. you know, Goodwill, Salvation Army, some a thrift store basically. And they had written on the packaging collectible and put a sticker with the price on it. And I'm like, you guys don't understand how collectibles work. And I'm just like, you know, whatever the price was for it. But it's like, if you've written in Sharpie on the bubble package of the, the Britney Spears doll that it's a collectible, it is no longer collectible. <laughs> just like, it just cracked me up. And it was cheap enough that I still got it for her. But it's like, at this point, because she wasn't also going to keep it, like, to keep in the box. I'm sure she was going to open it up and display it somewhere. Yeah. But it's like, anybody who wants that as a collectible would want to keep it in the box. That's just pointless. Uh so anyway, um, so so that was the the New Jersey Toy Fair you said. Yes. All right. So Toy what about Con. New York? Let's let's hear. Just give us the overview, and we'll do a, a deeper dive into New York when uh, when Kev's back. So so I was only there setup day because I had some uh, work and then an unfortunate event that kept me away from the convention. Oh no. So okay. I didn't actually get to go to the convention. So all uh, of the work. The day. All of the work and none of the fun. Yeah, it's 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 my fault at the end of the day. Um you know about what happened that I I ended up not being able to go. But I mean, so you know, it from what I saw, you know, the convention seemed to be in full swing. Um the setup was annoying because they told us to get there at eight and we didn't walk into the building till two. Hmm. But we were waiting in a parking garage essentially underneath the convention for the greater part of five hours. Well, that so we didn't get to leave. We got there at eight. We didn't get to leave till like six. You know, when they said, oh, get in at eight, you know, loading can start then. But it didn't start once again for another five hours. Yeah, so it sounds like there were some snafus. Let's, yeah, uh, I don't know. You want to hear about a snafu? Uh, returning registration for San Diego Comic-Con was on uh, Saturday. Oh, yeah. Now, I was on vacation in Canada. 
the our our excellent our neighbors to the north America's hat so to speak uh and uh was up there and had to make sure that I was connected and I was worried and uh you know you have to the waiting room opens at eight and then you can start buying your tickets at nine eight o'clock comes and it says oh we're doing an update check back in a few minutes and that went on for about an hour and about maybe 10 minutes till nine they said we're gonna do it at uh, 9 30 we're gonna open the waiting room at nine and start uh ticket sales at 9 30 so whatever uh san diego comic-con was doing they did not have their shit together uh on time and just basically forced people to be sitting around staring at their computer screens for at least an extra hour for no reason and then when all is said and done i only got tickets for thursday friday sunday so i did not get saturday badges so very frustrating uh when they do open registration i can go back and try to get you know preview night and saturday and we'll see but mm-hmm. it was quite a frustrating experience for not only me, but hundreds of thousands of other people who would like to go to the clusterfuck known as San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, so also from what I heard, I think with New York, this felt more like a normal return to style for New York Comic-Con. Because mm-hmm. last year, you know, there were mandates. You have to be vaccinated. You have to wear a mask essentially at all times. I think they said this year they didn't. I don't think they asked about the vaccination cards. I don't think there were masks enforced. And I don't think they had like, I don't think they had like a restriction last year, but it felt like there were a lot less people. I think they said this year felt more like a normal, regular back to form Comic-Con. Oh, I thought that they had to do, had to do the masks though, but, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Only cause they didn't, they didn't say it to us when we were like loading. Like no one told us about any of the masks at that point. So I just assumed that carried over, but I'm not sure. Honestly, you know, I wasn't there. Kevin will be able to wrap more poetic on that than I will be able to at the current moment. All right. All right, yeah, so then let's just uh, hold off on New York Comic Con until uh, until Kev is back, and then let's see, maybe we'll do this. Geek stuff. What's in the news? I mean, I got pages and pages of uh, stuff. We can do some quick hits and, and knock out some stories that have been sitting on the prep sheet for a while while Kev's That's not here real. to rant on them. Um, did you ever watch Community? No, but I heard good things about it. Was that the one? Um, no, I think it's something else. No, I know, I know which one's community now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Harmon. So it was, uh, you know, what Allison Brie and uh, Donald Glover was in it. I can't think of the other actors' names, um, but it, you know, it takes place in the community college. Originally, it had uh, Chevy Chase on it, and they kind of booted him off towards the end. And then it got yeah. picked up, and they did like another season, like on I think Yahoo TV, before it got uh, moved on again. So they're gonna make a movie. And, like, one of the recurring jokes in the show was six seasons in a movie, six seasons in a movie. So I think they're going to get their movie. Um, Again, a very kind of meta show with lots of uh, pop culture and geek references in it. Um, I have not seen all of it. I've watched the first couple seasons, uh, and I enjoy it, but it's just one of those shows that I'm trying to, like, work in when I can. Um, Mm -hmm. But so there's going to be a movie. Um, most of the people are coming back. I think Donald Glover is a maybe at this point. And then Chevy Chase, because he was basically fired from the show for being uh, a horrible person, um, probably is not going to come back. Um, so, uh, but, you know, other actors from that have moved on to do lots of great things. Uh, you know, Alison Bree did the show uh, Glow on Netflix. Did you watch? You didn't watch Glow either, did you? No, Glow did not. I, I heard about Glow, uh, you know, the real thing in the Netflix show. Um <laughs> So I knew that was a thing that existed. I, just, I never got into it. Um, I think that came out when I was at the end of really enjoying most wrestling-related 
uh, material. So it just, it just didn't like fell out of a wheelhouse at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I stopped watching wrestling in the, in the eighties. Uh, but I did, I do remember watching glow when I was a kid. So I, um, so I, I mean, I watched the documentary about the original glow and then I watched the show glow and it, it was fun. I mean, they're, they're, it, it was a really well done show. Allison Bree says it's one of her, uh, great heartbreaks of her career that that got canceled. There's a few articles talking about how it was a good show and deserved at least a final season, if not a, a wrap up movie. Um, and then Allison Brie also just recently did a movie called spin me right. Spin me round. Uh, looks like it's uh, a little racy and should be fun. Um, anyway, you know, I'm, I would like to catch up on community and then watch the movie, but it's not, it's not going to make it to the top of my list of million things to watch. So, you know what it is those kind of shows like i put that in the same category as like the office and like parks and rec and stuff mm-hmm. those never caught my interest and i i don't know if maybe it's just like the way the comedy works or stuff like that but like it just never really interested me and like made me like laugh like i've seen clips from them and none of it was ever like oh that's funny or oh that makes you want to watch it it's all like oh cool someone enjoys that good for them hmm. well i would say a lot of the jokes in all of those shows, right? The Office and uh, Parks and Rec, Community, they're very character-based, right? So if you don't know the characters, it's not—it's certainly not going to be as funny if you're not kind of following yeah. along. Like some of it, yeah, you can just watch and say, oh, that's kind of a funny scene. But it would be funnier if you understood all the characters and their interactions. So I, I agree with that. So do yeah. you, what kind of comedies do you watch? Do you like comedies or do you not like comedies? I like comedies. I feel like I like more comedic movies. Mm-hmm. Or like I'll watch like I'll watch stand ups all stand up like specials all day. Mm-hmm. Like I'll watch the same one <laughs> for the entire just because I like the I like that more. I think just where just tell me jokes for an hour and make me feel better about myself. You know. So sitcoms even like, are not on your list. Basically, you don't watch. A no, sitcom. I fell out of sitcoms. I think like when I was younger, I would do like some of the like older like Nick at Night sitcoms, but um. Yeah, sitcoms just even nowadays, like they kind of just like I don't like like how I can figure out the pattern so easily every time sometimes, you know. I mean, yeah, that's like a, a big part of a sitcom is that it's it's relatively predictable. Yeah. You know, they follow they follow the same pattern. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I'll be honest, like I don't feel like there's a lot of good sitcoms anymore. Oh yeah, like, nowadays you know? I don't even know like I think like Modern Family, I think was a good sitcom. I think it's a sitcom. Yeah, but you didn't watch I don't it. Know if, yeah, no, and then there's no like the Rosenbergs or something like that. The Goldbergs, Goldbergs, yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. so I mean, I know you you watch you know the, the genre stuff, right? You know, you're watching all the yes. all of the, the like the Marvel shows, Disney Plus shows, that kind of stuff. Do you you don't watch any network TV, do you? I mean, that's not where really. the, that's where the sitcoms not, are, not and really like honestly. And this is you know, I understand there's we're doing the sandwich anime corner at some point. Like I've been watching a lot of anime. Um you know, movies, you know, the genre stuff, like, you know, I watch She-Hulk. I, you know, I, I caught up with Miss Marvel. Um, Andor I'm behind on. Uh, we were talking about before the show, I want to watch like House of the Dragon and stuff. So like, I think I enjoy more of those kind of program shows where it's like maybe more high budget and more of my genre, not like just generic, like, oh, the family experiences of this people in Chicago, you know, like yeah. that doesn't really... I feel like it's it's very I don't I mean I don't watch any network TV really anymore but like mm-hmm. like for a a quote unquote like regular sitcom it's like first of all you're not going to see them cuz you know those Netflix isn't making a half hour sitcom Disney Plus isn't making a half hour sitcom right that's just not the kind of shows that yeah. they make for streaming services those are still network 
shows 22 minutes long with a bunch of commercials in them. And that's just, you know, I don't get exposed to that. Um, And then like the ones that are out there, it's like, yeah, like I'm not interested in it. There's nothing about that show that's going to be like I watched one. um, You know who Walton Goggins is? Another name. I don't know. He why. was he was in he was in the shield. He uh, he was one of the he was one of the bad guys in Ant Man and the Wasp. He's got kind of the southern accent. Um, he was uh, in uh, Hateful Eight. He's about. in Hateful Eight. Uh, if you saw that Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, anyway, he's a really good, really strong actor, and they uh, they gave him a sitcom where he's the dad. His wife passed away. He's got two daughters, and it's just about him and his friends. And his friends are kind of trying to get him to get back into the dating pool, right? So again pretty standard sitcom setup right you know mm-hmm. it's all it's going to be about oh wacky dating adventures of a single dad right yeah. and you know i watched it because i like him as an actor i'm like okay let's see how this is and i'm like and it's fine but like at best you just kind of go huh that's kind of funny i mean you know it's like you're not yeah. gonna like bust up you know so obviously breathe out of your nose yeah exactly i mean to me the best sitcom i've seen in years and it it, it didn't make it through the pandemic it was called I'm Sorry, and it was starring Andrea Savage. And it was very much like, if you liked Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm, like this is kind of a, another version of that, right? It's a, it's a you know, they're all like uncomfortable story driven, right? And because she's one of those characters where she can't just keep her mouth shut. And so she just makes the, the situation more uncomfortable. And then that's where the comedy comes from. And that one, but that show was hilarious and, and I loved it. And it, when the pandemic came, they just, they were getting ready to start their third season and then they just didn't finish it up. So that one was too bad. But, but yeah, I don't watch that many sitcoms either. I think I use TV mostly nowadays for like, if it's not like a movie or like one of those like HBO shows, it's just for sports because I'm yeah. a sports geek. So like, and that, that yeah. would be the only reason to keep, uh, to keep cable. Right. I mean, I feel like the majority of people with cable, it's so it's for sports. Yeah, because you can get everything else that you would want in some other. Everything fashion. else has a streaming service, or you can watch it on a streaming service. Yeah, you, you know, know you we, can find it somewhere. We were in Canada over the weekend, and you know, I'm from Southern California, and members of my family are big uh, Padres fans. Padres were doing well this weekend, but they couldn't watch the. There was no way to see MLB mm-hmm. in Canada because, <laughs> like, you, even if yeah. you try to like log into the services, it's like, no, you are not in a country that allows. Uh, yeah. viewing of this of this particular sporting event so um yeah that was kind of disappointing for a couple of the folks that were with us that wanted to watch the game so um the big game sports go sports sports ball sports score a goal point how's the uh how's the sandwich sports podcast coming oh they totally just yeah when i told them about all the work it would go into it they're like yeah maybe next year <laughs> all right well, so stay tuned, dear Geek Stuff listeners. One day there may be a spinoff on the Geek Stuff Podcast Network. Sports Sandwich. <laughs> Sportwitch. Sportwitch. The Sportwitch. All right. Let's let's uh, let's do some more, like, casting news. Um, Brendan Gleeson is going to be in the, the second Joker movie. All right. That's General Hux, right? Is I think that, so. Is that General Hux? Is that Brendan Gleeson? Yeah, that's uh, that's the that's Papa Gleason. That's Mad Eye Moody. Oh, that's Mad Eye Moody. Oh, that's their dad. Okay, right, because that's their dad, right? Yeah. Because you got yeah, there's there's two different other son Gleasons. Okay, so Mad Eye Moody's gonna be in the new Joker movie. Uh, I'm amazed it's still going. You know what I mean? Like I I I I thought it was just gonna be a horrible joke at some point. No pun intended. Dude, I mean, I don't know. It's it's rough. The the when does uh black adam come out it's like not out yet right 
I think like the end of this week at the time of recording or or next week. Yeah, and I mean, I just I don't really care. I like I the rock, but things, I don't care. But I don't know. Like, is it good for the DCEU or is it good? You know, I, and you know, and the Rock's been saying stuff like, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, when's uh, the, the Black Adam gonna face Superman?" And he's kind of like, "Well, he's got to fight Shazam first. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't just skip over like the Black Black Adam is a Shazam villain, right? You can't yeah. just skip over some kind of confrontation with with those yeah, two, it's right? Like, it has to happen. Uh, so, I mean, the question would be, is Black Adam gonna be in Shazam: Fury of the Gods, right? Which may, probably not. He'll probably be the after credits for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then Shazam three is Shazam versus Black Adam, right? Yeah. And then Which I mean we'll see how that goes. And then some fourth and then you get uh Black Adam and Superman to fight in some future thing after that, if well, there's a new Superman or if Henry Cavill comes back. Here's the thing too, at some point it's like is the DCEU have a direction or it's just like let's just string movies together and see where we end up. Yeah, I don't. You know what I mean. I think that's it. I think it's it's we're stringing movies together, and it's like, who eventually Black Adam might face Superman, but who is that Superman going to be? Who's the actor? Nobody knows, right? Well, see, I feel like I've heard a thing that, like, Dwayne was saying some in an interview. It's like I don't want to say anything, but you know, Henry Cavill's coming back. Like I feel like he literally said that <laughs> on a, like a late night show. You didn't hear it from me, but hey, Henry Cavill might be coming back. Yeah, like on one of those like Jimmy Fallon type shows. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, that's a tactic, right? They yeah. say that he's coming back so that he eventually has to, like, just kind of do it, right? Like, it, like, kind of forces him to to make the, uh, to make a deal. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've seen a few rumors that he might be coming back, but, yeah, that's all it I, is. It's, I mean, it's it's the time of the year where, you know, we just, we back uh, truck, dump trucks of, of $1,000 bills up to someone's yard and dump it out and say, come back for one movie. Uh, yeah. A la Natalie Portman, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Right, right. And we talked about that. I finally saw it. Yeah. And oh, and, and what's his name? Um, uh, um, who played the bad guy? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. He said he like hated like just green screen acting. He's like, what's the point? Like, like there's there's nothing there to act to, right? He just did not like yeah. that type of of. I did introduce you to episode three of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> right. It was all green screen acting. All green screen. <laughs> who was in episode three? That was um, that was the one with like General Grievous and all this other stuff. And there's the great scene in the movie of General Grievous like helicoptering like four lightsabers at at Obi Wan. Obi Wan just standing there all stoic. <laughs> that was what I was shooting for there. I was waiting that. for Kenobi. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's just like, mm, I don't see anything in, in real life, so I have nothing to be afraid of. Right. <laughs> I love the 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 meme where every time you see like. Like it shows when uh, Kylo Ren throws his lightsaber into the water, and then somebody like put General Grievous like running and diving in after the the lightsaber. Yes. yes. All right. Let's see. So what else? Uh, the Blue Beetle movie. Susan Sarandon says it's going to be. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, Susan Sarandon is going to be in it, and she says it's going to be in Spanish with subtitles. So th- I mean, that's kind of confirming. I saw her in a movie recently. Oh yeah, which one? A Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Did you go? Have, was it like the first time you've seen it? Yeah. Nice. It just celebrated its like anniversary and stuff like a yeah. week or so ago. Uh, Kev actually took me out to a theater to see it where, you know, they do like a performance in front of the uh-huh. screen and stuff. That's how it works. And I got the lipstick because I was a virgin. Virgin. And, you know, yeah. Did you I sit did in the, the back virgin row? games? Yeah. What? Did you sit in the back row? 
No, I was like in the middle somewhere, and then they were like, "Has anyone not seen the movie?" And then Kev and the people who were with were like yelling and pointing at me. Him, him. They sacrificed him. you. Yeah, my so my sister went. I mean, like when that came out, when it was becoming the cult yeah. classic that it is. My sister and her friends used to go see it like every weekend, like as it was <laughs> when it started to be the hey, this is every weekend midnight on friday and saturday night and they would get all the all the paraphernalia you know the toast and the newspaper and the squirt guns yeah. and the lighters and the, they got all that stuff and they went out to see it like every weekend and then as i got a little bit older uh you know i inherited her albums and i listened to rocky horror i, I knew all those songs years before i ever was old enough to see the movie and then when i finally saw it yeah it's, it's you know with with the whole cast in front of it and everything because again it's not a movie that you would watch on you know, DVD or on, on streaming. It's, you've got to have the experience of everybody yelling all the stuff out to make that a thing. Yes. So, so also we, we, we had less stuff to throw We had we had a goodie bag that was five bucks, mm-hmm. uh, but we didn't get all like no rice, no rice. No toast. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's I, th- I think it's cause you know, bugs and shit, yeah. you know, at the theater. Right. Yeah. That was it. You used to throw rice and toast and, and now you don't, you don't do that anymore. Well, the ladies in front of us brought in all that shit and was throwing it. Uh, but I didn't want to snitch because that's rude. <laughs> so, so what did you think? It was all right. I mean, it was a fun experience, you know. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we know the state of the movie. It's not supposed to be like a great acting movie, but it was fun. You know, and that's what it needed to be. It's just a fun little movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I was it, way more worried when we were because it was like a Saturday at like seven. They picked me up and we're just driving up north into like the boonies of New Jersey and like, where the fuck are we going? And I was concerned because I'm like, Kevin knows I didn't like fucking haunted houses. I'm like going to a haunted house right now and I'm going to have to cry the whole way through. That's funny. Spoiler, if anyone brings me to a haunted house, I will cry the entire time. Man, uh, yeah, so so like two weeks ago was, was like the official like anniversary of the release of it uh-huh. and somewhere semi-close there, there was, they were going to, you know, do the, you know, play the movie, do all the stuff in front of it. And then there was going to be a Q&A with Barry Bostwick. And I'm like, oh, what? I'd like to go to that. But it was like, just the, by the time I saw that it was happening, like the notice was too short. I'm like, I, it was like, literally, I think I heard about it on Wednesday and it was happening on Friday. I'm like, I can't, I can't do uh, it. That um, but, but I mean, you know, that would be cool. It was again, my sister's a huge, huge fan. I actually met and got an autograph for my sister at the, when I was at, um, the Doctor Who convention, Gallifrey One, here in, in L.A., and um, Magenta, the actress that played Magenta, Patricia yeah. Quinn, she's also been on Doctor Who. So she was at the Doctor Who convention, but I got I got her autograph signed picture for, for my sister of oh, nice. Magenta. So, but so yeah, so you know, in my house, if you know, all of the lines and the callbacks from that, if, if you say one of the things, everybody knows what to yell in my house, and they'll yell it out if you, you know, whatever, wherever you might be. So there you go. And it, it, I think it also grows on you. You know, if you if you go with a group of the same group of friends and you start saying this, the lines and everything, you like it more and more as you go, I would think. That's funny. All right. What else? What else should we talk about here? Oh, uh, so many things. There's so many things. I'm going to talk about Norm McDonald real quick because I got some. I got some things on the on the prep sheet, and I just wanted to get them out there. Uh, I watched his last special. It's about a year after his death now, and okay. you know he had recorded, like literally, it looked like he just sat down in front of his laptop and recorded it into his 
webcam mm-hmm. stand up as if there was an audience there. He just kind of did a routine. It's almost an hour's worth of material, but no audience, no laugh track, just him kind of doing it. And then when that's done, then you see um, Dave Chappelle and uh, who else? Oh, man, why am I like losing who who else was on it? But um, Bill, Adam Sandler and uh, David Letterman and um, Conan O'Brien and I think somebody else. But then they're just kind of like talking about watch the experience of watching that show and then and then talking about norm and everything so that was really good that's on netflix i highly recommend that um and it was just it was really good and then um but i also wanted to say they they did a tribute to him on the orville which is now on mm-hmm. hulu right it's like the orville like reloaded or whatever and i haven't got a chance to watch that yet did you watch the orville at all no no, no and, and you're not a big star trek fan so it doesn't matter Right, but the the Orville is essentially a comedic version of Star Trek that does a really good job, and I've been wanting to watch the new episodes now that it's on Hulu. But Norm Macdonald was, was a voice of one of the of a CGI character, and so I think that they did a, a tribute to him on there. So, anyway, uh, if you haven't, if you are Norm Macdonald, if you're a stand up comedy fan, if you like Norm Macdonald and you haven't seen uh, his final special, it's well worth watching. Let's see what else. Want to hit the cl- the crime blotter, celebrity crime blotter? Sure, I will say you're cutting out on my end. I don't know why. No, oh, all right. Let's well, not. It's uh, I'm recording directly into the mixer, so it's not. Uh, I know. It's not that. As long as you can hear. I can hear you. Um, Ezra Miller, felony burglary charges in Vermont. What do you think he pled? Guilty or not guilty? Oh, is always guilty. No. Every crime you can commit as a human being, he is guilty of. No, but he pled not guilty. I was thinking maybe he was going to plead guilty by reason of insanity or something, but no. So he no, played probably because he's a he's a Trump he's a he's a, a he might be he might say he's method acting. <laughs> yeah. So so we'll see what happens with with that. There's still talk of them scrapping the Flash movie, but I don't think they're going to do it. I don't know how it's not been scrapped at this point, honestly, because like more and more. I mean, he's calmed down. I feel like semi recently. He but just hasn't like, committed any more crimes. That doesn't mean he's calm. I mean, he you hasn't know, been caught. Yeah, he hasn't been caught of committing more crimes. The thing is, like, what is what's the future of this Flash movie? You're not. Are you going to do a second one with this fucking maniac? Right. I mean, you it's know? it's done either way. You can't you can't do anything more. But they already have this one in the can. So, like, you know, but but they had Batgirl in the can, and they and they let it yeah. go too. I mean, that's the thing when we're talking about like like studio news. Like, everybody is so upset with with warner brothers right you know scrapping movies like this they're pulling product off of this off of hbo max off the streaming services so like especially like in the cartoon arena animated stuff and you'll just never be able to see it again it's just gone forever oh. because of the tax write-off i i have i have a quick thing about that mm-hmm. so warner brothers i guess and hbo and that, that whole conglomerate as a whole officially shut down the cartoon network studios the other day and as someone who grew up, that was like my favorite cartoon like channel. Cartoon Network isn't going away, but like the overall Cartoon Network studio is like shut down. That okay. was very sad. So they, that's what, that was what I was going to say. I, I saw that. So they shut down the studio. The ne- they are not getting rid of Cartoon Network, but they're no, getting the rid ne- of the studio. The channel Cartoon Network will be around, but the studio that is the Cartoon Network Studios, I'm pretty sure, was shut down. And they laid off like 200 people. And I think there's only like maybe 250 in there, you know, 
don't quote the numbers, but they laid off a bunch of them. So like, you know, it's just horrible because I grew up loving Cartoon Network and it's officially dead now. And, you know, I'll have to accept that, which I think is just part of growing up is, you know, eventually your cartoon shows end up on Boomerang. And then that's where you have to go watch your childhood cartoons at some point. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm entering the boomerang era, I guess. And that's it. And, I mean, you know, the whole the whole strategy over there is to just sell off the rights to its its core IP and let other people make shit. You know, oh, yeah. which means that, you know, you could potentially could potentially see some of the product properties that you like or see really shoddy versions of them. Um, God, I remember back in the day, um, do you remember what AOL is? Do you know what AOL is? Uh, I mean, it's the it's the messenger thing. I know that <laughs> America Online, right? And they became the, the this huge company so big that they bought Time Warner. So mm-hmm. you know, again, this is the same Warner Brothers that we're talking about now, right? That they got acquired by AOL, and it was AOL Time Warner for a little while. And at that moment, at that time, it was still like. You know, it wasn't like today where you could go into any any store is going to have a million Batman t-shirts and all kinds of, you, you know, just geek-related product. There wasn't that much geek-related product back then. In fact, there was a Warner Brothers store, like at the mall, and that sold licensed official Warner Brothers stuff. And you could get pretty some pretty cool, decent, like, Batman and other Warner Brothers property stuff. But the quality was pretty good because it was made by Warner Brothers. Well, mm-hmm. then after the AOL Time Warner merger... They just licensed it out, and you just saw this glut of shit with the Batman logo. You know, just slap a Batman logo on it, and we'll sell it. And there was just so much garbage that came out after that. And, and it's like, I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen again. They're just going to, it's going to be a money grab using these properties that we love, but the quality, you know, there may be more stuff out there, but you're going to have to really look for quality yeah. at this point. Yeah, sift through this shit a little bit. Yeah, and it's going to be, it's going to be a problem, so... All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's stick with let's stick with uh, Warner and HBO. Let's go over to HBO Max. So you have not watched. You only watched the first episode of House of Dragons. I don't even remember if I did or not. I thought I did, but now I don't even fucking remember it. I'm so I'm what I'm caught up, right? So I think that there's one more episode, which would be this Sunday, the Sunday after this episode airs, probably, um, or maybe I have two episodes to catch up. But I mean, I think my the hardest part about it for me is 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 the time frame that we're spanning, right? I mean, you know, so over this first season, you know, we've gone, you know, maybe maybe 10 to 15 years, maybe 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 even it's been 20 years from the first episode to to the end of the first season. So I mean, a lot of stuff happens. I mean, you know, characters grow from children to, you know, adults, you know, children are born and then those children are adults. And so it's like who are we supposed to care about? But I I feel like I think that's the point is it's not about individual characters. It's a generational war, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's team A versus team B. Right. And so so I certainly don't care about team A or team B yet, right? Like, you know, like you can't say, oh, this one's clearly right. This one's clearly wrong. Like Again, going back to Game of Thrones, it's like, okay, you knew from the beginning that the Stark family is the good guys and they're the ones you're supposed to care about and everybody yeah. else are the bad guys, right? I mean, that was pretty easy to to get from the beginning of Game of Thrones, right? Yes. So you certainly don't have that here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got you know, you've got a, a lot of different characters, a lot of different families, but it's like I don't really care which family is going to come out on top. I can make an opinion of, you know, who's the right for rightful heir to the throne maybe, 
but it doesn't mean that the people that are the rightful heir are you know doing it right or are good guys or bad guys you know i mean it's just a, it's a generational uh plot i, I yeah. don't know so it's like so i don't feel like i really care about any characters you know mm-hmm. like i'm watching it but i don't feel invested like with game of thrones i mean you know episode 1 you know when when uh Jamie Lannister knocks Brandon out the window it's like that is a hook right you are yeah. you know you're you're in at that you point. pick a side right there right oh i should probably do this for game of thrones attention the following information is considered spoiler material i mean i don't know if it wasn't following the previous information yeah. spoiler but i mean if you haven't seen Game of Thrones yet, that's what happens at the end of the first episode. My next question is, how long in uh, the throwback episodes do we have until Game of Thrones comes out? Oh, I don't, oh man. The throwback episodes are still 2007. What year did Game of Thrones start? Is that like, 20, like 2012? Yeah, so there's a long way on, on, the, on the classic episodes. Yeah, um, we got another couple of years before we get to... This Game of Thrones show is coming out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean... I. I so I'll be interested yeah. to see how it goes. I might continue to watch it, but it's like I don't feel like oh I have to go see this, you know. And then, uh-huh. um, you know, not to not to jump around too much, but like, and I don't I don't feel any desire to watch the Rings of Power because I didn't even watch the Lord of the Rings movie. So why would I watch a prequel about them? You know, it doesn't you know. But that's that's just me. I'm not saying the Rings of Power is bad. That's coming back for a season two. It's the most expensive show on television, and. I haven't really heard anybody say that they like it. I've only heard that it looks good. Yeah, I haven't heard anyone say they like it, actually. I haven't heard that. I mean, I, and I've actually seen articles that say it's it's boring. You know, I mean, so I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting that people are, have this take out. Because I thought, you know, Lord, Lord of the Rings is just like it's content that actually people like. You know, obviously it's fucking it's Lord of the Rings. It's a big deal. But, you know. It's a, little, it's a little interesting that no one kind of wants to see it. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's they're not getting House of Dragons is getting like double the viewership of Lord of the Rings. And they when they asked the Lord of the Rings guy if he's worried about that, he said no. They like they feed on each other. Like if you like one, you probably like the other. It's like it doesn't hurt that they both exist. It's not like you choose one. Like you have to choose one or the other. If you like mm-hmm. one, you probably like the other. You might as well watch both. But it's not like you're make you have to choose one. It's not like it's yeah. the old network TV days where they're both on at the same time. And if you don't have a VCR, you have to pick one to watch. Yeah. Um, did have you seen the teaser trailer trailer for The Last of Us on HBO yet? No, I have not actually. All right. I heard they're trying to be true to the movie or to the to the game. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Listen, I I like the property, the first one a lot. I know I've I've it's well documented on this show. How I feel about the second one, um, but I mean, I am excited for to see where this goes. I, I'm I'm wondering how much they focus in the show on the relationship between the two main characters versus like you know fighting zombies. Essentially, it'll be interesting to see how much of what they do. Yeah, but uh, it, it's exciting. I like the fact that um, speaking of Game of Thrones, you know Jorah Mormont's. Uh, coming back as the main girl so that's cool i seeing i haven't seen her i think in anything since game of thrones wait so. you, you mean daenerys targaryen jorah huh? jorah was her protector the, the night guy that played no. uh, the uh jorah Mor- yeah what uh, liana mormont oh okay the the okay the girl the girl mormont yeah okay 
Yeah, Jorah was like Jorah her was, uncle. Was, was was Targaryen. Yeah. Was yeah. I knew it was a Mormont. The names yeah. are uh, sometimes I lose the names. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Okay, so she's the she's the daughter, right? Because it's a father and daughter yeah. is is, so is it, the premise of it, right? Uh, it's not a father and daughter. It's a it's a father daughter similar relationship, but that's not his kid. He's kind of like the guardian, you know, for her. It's a little more complex. Like it's it's a whole thing in the game. But you know, I don't want right. to so it's not her actual father, it. but it's a father daughter relationship. It's the father figure. It's yeah. the guy you know. He 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 does everything beyond like give birth. You know, be right. there in the birthing room for her. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. So okay. So so uh, Doom Patrol and Titans are actually coming back for another season. I totally thought those were going to get scrapped. I did not think they would be back, but it was going to be. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked. Well, like Doom Patrol more than because uh, than the other one, but. I mean, hey, good for them. I don't. Are they coming back to HBO? Do they say where they're going? Yeah, no, no, they're gonna. They're on HBO season four in December, even. So like, that's they're already being made. So they must have been, they must have been well on their way to being done with them before the the merger, or else they would have. I mean, I'm certain they're not going to get another season after this one. Um, probably the same thing with, with with Harley Quinn. Uh, they're pretty sure they're getting a season four, and then they also said that uh, Peacemaker is going to get a season two. Like that didn't get hurt by the. Um, by the merger. Uh, let's see. So, are you are you a horror movie guy? Do you watch horror movies? No, never. I get scared. I you get scared. All right. So you're not excited for the Scanners uh, series on HBO? David Cronenberg's no. Scanners. I have no interest. How about True Detective? Did you watch True Detective? No, but I heard good things. Is that coming back? So there's going to be a season four, and uh, they're Christopher. So so remind me. They're not related seasons, right? They're kind of like their own independent stories. Yeah. Or they, they like loosely related. I don't think they're even loosely related. I think they are just, here's a story. Because like none of the actors are the same. As opposed to uh, Fargo on FX. Uh-huh. Fargo, they are they are related. But like, mm-hmm. like one takes place in the 80s. And then another one takes place in like the 50s. And like the, and then like, but the people that were in the one in the 80s, this is kind of their somebody from the one in the 50s was like the grandfather of somebody from the one in the 80s. So there's only like one or two characters that cross over, and it's not really a character. It's like a relative of a character. That's Fargo. But I do not think that there's any relation between the True Detective uh, seasons. And again, in theory, I don't have to see the other ones. I can just see this fresh. I I think so. Well, and season one was really strong. And I heard season two sucked, and then I didn't go back for season three. And I didn't watch season two either because I I heard bad things about it. Um Season four is going to add uh, the ninth Doctor himself, Christopher Eccleston. Well, I thought you were saying it was crossing over for a second. No, it's not a crossover. A doc- no, no, the Doctor actor. True Detective crossover. That'd be great. That'd be that'd be great. And then yeah, so the the um, the thirteenth Doctor, right? Whitaker is uh, her final episodes are coming up any day now. Uh, Jodie Whitaker, and so she gave advice to. Uh, the new doctor, his name is Inkuti Katawa, and I hope I probably pronounced that poorly. Um, so he should be picking up with, you know, as the new 14th doctor moving forward. Uh, or no, wait. Let's see. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, she's 13. He should be 14. So new doctor coming soon to a BBC America near you. Good for them. Good for him. Yeah. All right. So before we go to break... Let's uh, let's go back over and talk uh, Disney Plus for a minute. So, did you finish uh, She Hulk? Yes. Thoughts? I wanted more crime drama. 
or at least crime comedy. Like I wanted more lawyer stuff than I got only because like it kind of fell in that realm that we were talking about before, like kind of like sitcom-y. Yep, it is for sure. Well, it's supposed to be a legal comedy, right? She said that in the finale, yeah. right? This is a legal yeah. show, a legal comedy, right? Yeah. But you're right. Like even the the episode with Mr. Immortal. Yeah. Like I would have liked to have seen that go to court. I guess they did. They kind of they kind of settled it, but they settled it out of court, right? Yeah. Uh, where he just kind of like jumps yeah. out the window. Right? I also, I, I, so I also wasn't a huge fan of them just changing, glossing over the fact that you know. Oh yeah, sure. There's some dude here who's immortal. They never like went over it at all. I, I understand. I guess I feel like that's the Marvel universe now, right? The people that live there yeah. just are just used to. There's been alien attacks. There's been the blip. There's been all these things. I don't think that they're also because he's technically a mutant. Oh yeah. Know, so oh, I didn't. I didn't realize he was a mutant. Well, because technically, because they're like mutants are like Homo superior, and he's like homo something else like he's some kind of higher level but he's essentially a mutant that's what he thought he was for the longest time hmm. so i mean he's still like he was in the, like the great lake avengers like he like he's a c-list character that's so it's fine like, the great lake avengers yeah so i'm not expecting like great representation of the great lake avengers characters but you know i just i kind of like the character but whatever it's just like i want more stuff and then can we talk about the finale I, or no? I think we can. That's, I think it's fine. Or, we can, like, we, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about it because I don't know that we're going to get around to it when Kevin gets I had back. no problem with the the ending of the episode. I thought the way the, the series ended was fine. I like the uh, the inclusion of Daredevil. I did enjoy the Kevin thing. Mm-hmm. They were talking to the ro- Kevin. No one talks to Kevin. I'll die for Kevin. You know, I thought that was kind of funny. I thought it was fun. Um and then at the end of the episode, they showed Hulk's son, Scar. Yeah, right. Well, I, I think, I don't know if I said on the show, I was so sure at some point they have to involve him because that just means, okay, we get a young actor and he can be a Hulk now for, you know, another 30 years now. You know, mm-hmm. get all young Avengers and run that. Um, I didn't like his design as a character at all. <laughs> it just looks, <laughs> he reminds me of just like some surfer kind of, in, I don't know. It just, I didn't like his design. Maybe that's just ill adjusted at some point. I didn't like that. Um, I feel like they just yada yada a couple things, you know, at the end. Like, I understand she did that where she took out all of the explanation about Hulk's son, but I would have appreciated an extra, like, two, like, even a minute more explanation of, like, how do you have a, an adult son if you were gone 10 years ago? How is he an adult already? You know, like stuff like that, you know, just quick little breakdown things, but we'll get it at some point. And then they said a movie. So I guess at some point we're getting some kind of Hulk movie, maybe mm-hmm. who knows also in Hulk related news, sort of, did you see about the recasting of Thunderbolt Ross? Yes. As Harrison Ford. Yeah. So, I mean, they might do a Red Hulk with Harrison Ford. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and if you need a crotchety old man, Harrison Ford's a good option. He, he, yeah, he fits the role. So then my next question is, you know, like, are they going to bring back in, like, Betty and all that stuff? Because, you know, he's Red Hulk. I don't know how many people know this. Uh, Betty Ross becomes Red She-Hulk. 
So, oh, yeah? I, mean, I did not yeah. know that. I was not aware. That is a thing in the comics. She becomes a red She-Hulk. Um, so we could have a whole thing of just more Hulks, which I'd appreciate because, obviously, you know, for those who don't know, that's my favorite. <laughs> but I thought She-Hulk was fine at the end of the day. Um, I, I, I wish the episodes... See, it's weird because I feel like 30-minute episodes were good, but also sometimes it just felt like it was kind of just like too short. That's see, that's really the thing. I, I feel like they got they got their jokes in, they kind of jammed it in there, and it was quick. But like, if they would have had an extra, you know, fifteen minutes, they like like even with the, the Mister Immortal episode, like they could have done a little bit more with it if yeah. they had had more time. I feel like like every episode it was like, oh, that's the end, and they're what you know, and you could have used a little bit more. So yes. I think that I think to me that's the my issue with She Hulk. I enjoyed the whole thing. But I feel like they needed a little bit more time. They could have developed all of it a little bit better. I was talking to someone about this recently, and it was about how there's, I feel like, you know, Marvel fatigue is what I'm calling it, where it's like, back in the day, if I had heard there was going to be a She-Hulk show, this is pre-Endgame, mm-hmm. I would have been all over, like, dude, this would be so cool. And I might have, I almost feel like I would have enjoyed it more. But something about post-Endgame Marvel stuff it's just like I wasn't rushing to watch, uh, you know, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, even the Doctor Strange movie, Thor. Like, it's a, it's really, really real. I know we talk about it a lot, but like the fatigue of like Marvel is just something I feel like we have to think about as a community. It's like, are we done with this yet? <laughs> like, are we enjoying where we're going still? I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a decade of building more and more movies, you know? It's like, okay, you started out with, you know, like one movie a year, then it was two movies a year, and, then it's, and you know, now it's like three or four movies, you know, it's, now it's three movies, three movies and, a year, and, and two TV, three TV shows. Two TV shows. And you have to watch all of it because it's all interrelated. I mean, yeah, that's it, it is. It, it's a lot. And, and, I, and I think also, you know, when you have Endgame that was the finale of 10 years of building tension, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, losing major characters and so intense emotionally. And then you expect Phase 4 to just pick up and have the same weight, and it, it can't. So, like, I think you're right. It is. Like, if you if you stepped away from it and didn't watch anything Marvel for a couple of years, then you'd come back and, and have, like, renewed excitement. It's just, yeah. it's been, you've had a steady stream of Marvel content on the big screen that's all interrelated and you know and and they can't all have the same intensity of endgame oh yeah and now it's like like aren't we looking at what's coming what's next isn't what like isn't there more stuff this year is black panther this year i imagine i think black panther's coming soon right i think it's i think it's this year um i think we're done with tv shows for now oh well there was uh werewolf by night did you watch that Oh, I didn't, but I heard really good things about that one. Actually, yeah, it, it, it's really well done, and it's got it's got a you know it's got a lot of nods to the Marvel universe, and you know, and the and the you know the dark or the more supernatural, I guess, part of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a pretty pretty decent little one off. It's a good Halloween, you know, show. You know, the, at this time of year, so yeah. So we got Black Panther coming out soon. Um, that's really the next Marvel thing coming out, and that's in a month from now, November 11th. Um, then you got the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, mm-hmm. that'll be cute. 
Um, Ant Man and the Wasp, Guys of the Galaxy, Secret Invasion, The Marvels, Echo, Loki. Is that stuff this year? Theory, or that's that's next year. Is all no? This is go next this year. The only thing this year left right now is is Black Panther. Okay. But everything else is next year that I listed. Yeah. So and far, and then we're gonna. I shift. think they moved some stuff back though. Yeah, and we're gonna shift over to Star Wars, right? And you got Andor, and then yeah. when is uh when does Mando come back? Right? That's early next year, right? Isn't that February? I think so. I think so. So. Yeah. All right. Well, are we gonna call this West Coast Sandwich or nobody talks to Kevin? Uh. We don't talk about Kevin. We don't talk about Kevin. No, we do talk about Kevin. Um, is that what she said in the She-Hulk? She said, nobody talks to Kevin, right? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's call I would it. die for Kevin. I would die for Kevin. Do you want it to be, I would die for Kevin? Was it, did he say, yeah. I would die for Kevin, or I would kill you to protect Kevin? I thought I would die for Kevin. I'd die for Kevin. All right. Well, whichever one of those it is, that's what we're going to call this episode. Okay. Episode we'll figure it out. 697, and we'll, we'll take it to break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right, here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices, like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm, comments. Oh! <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's mm, on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> so call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> Wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called The Piecast because we got married on Pi Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pi Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pi Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own 
X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. And now, another classic Geek Stuff ID. Hey, this is Big Kev, and you're listening to the West Coast... What the fuck is this I'm reading? The West Coast Scotwitch? What the fuck is that? Geek Stuff TNG. Live from the Sandwich Shop and Party Productions in sunny Southern California. It's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you're in from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foil is open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get one 18 scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. All right, so we are back from commercial and uh, the break, and what did we say? What are we going to title this episode? Six ninety seven. I'd murder you for Kevin. I'd murder you for Kevin, or I'd murder you to protect Kevin, right? Something like that. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. That'll be the title of the episode. All right. Um, when you look at the episode, we'll have figured it out by now. <laughs> that's right. Uh, let's see. Did you see that? Uh, Geek stuff. Comic news. Smell that? That's the smell of new comic books. Uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men are going to be fighting vampires in a one-shot sometime next year. Do we need That's more cool. more vamp vampires in the Marvel Universe? I mean, on, on the success of the Morbius movie with vampires? On the success of the Morbius movie. That movie was See, on the success so of bad. the Morbius movie, I figured they would just kill every vampire at once. Oh, man. I mean... The movie was so pointless. 
I don't think there was supposed to be a point. I think it was supposed to just be money. Or that was the point, was just to collect money. I mean, I guess, like, in many superhero movies, Uh like, you know, your main hero and your main villain kind of start out knowing each other and as friends. So, you know, so you should assume when you see the beginning of the movie, okay, yeah, Matt Smith's going to be the bad guy and Morbius is going to be the good guy. Yes. But it felt so self-contained, like, it didn't matter. It didn't affect anything else. It was just, just these two guys. Even, even like, the doctor that was, like, you know, taking care of Matt Smith the whole time, like, mm-hmm. I wanted, I'm like, is he going to have a turn? Is he going to help Matt Smith? You know, but there was nothing. Like, there was no, there was no turn. There was no, you, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it just was yeah. what it was. And there was nothing no, special mean, about it. it. What's funny is, when you look back at the trailer, and how excited you were from the trailer, to where we ended up, to what we ended up getting, which is fucking more. It's Morbin time. Like, you have to commend the guys who made that trailer. You have to. You have to say, "Good on you. You got me. You made me watch that," because that tra- the trailers were like interesting and exciting, and it's like, "Ooh, is this gonna be good? This looks kind of cool, and this and that." And it was none of those things. It was not a single one of those things. Yeah, that was the that was a big plot point in uh, Entourage. Was it when they made that shitty movie Medellin and it was so bad and they just hired a guy to make a really good trailer so that they could yeah. sell the movie at, at whatever festival they took it to? So And then the guy like paid whatever many millions for the rights to the movie and then he watches the movie and he goes, oh my God, this movie is shit and I just paid all these millions of dollars for it. So it's like, it's all about making a good trailer. All that matters is the trailer. Man. Um, let's see. So in, in video game news, uh, there's been some spoilers for Gotham Knights. Yes, apparently. Now, which it looks like an exciting game. I would say the game looks good, but they're making a show about Gotham Knights. That's going to suck, right? That is, I'm, I'm trying to keep those two separate, right? Gotham Knights, the shitty TV show is all the, 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 the like knockoff versions of like Joker's kid, Penguin's kid, and Batman's kid, whose name's like Todd, who are all gonna prove they didn't kill Batman. Whereas Gotham Knights, the video game, takes place after Arkham Knight, I'm pretty sure, where Batman dies. We don't know if he's really dead. That's the whole thing, too. Um, and, you know, Fred Hood and and uh, Dick Grayson as Nightwing and Batgirl, Barbara Gordon and all that stuff. They're all taking over the fight for Gotham together. So the fun part is it's a co-op game. So you can play the game with your friends and uh, go through that, which is always cool. I always appreciate open world co-op video game experiences. So that'll be fun. Um, obviously you would, you avoid leaks and uh, stuff like this, like the plague, because, you know, anytime anything gets leaked and you post anything about it in any way, shape or form, someone will come for you. Yeah, with a lawyer, and it won't be nice. Like all the guys who did the Grand Theft Auto Six leaks, um, if anything came out, they they were serious. And then the guy who leaked it, like the FBI found him in an apartment in like <laughs> England somewhere. Like it's serious. They, video he, game leaks are way more serious than people. Did realize. he download? Like did he hack in and get the stuff and then leak it? So what he had been doing apparently was what they apparently called it like social hacking essentially 
he just socialized his way into the servers essentially and, and like just got to all the inf- got to the information for the server through like just communicating with people and downloaded it and just threw it all up and then it was like i think like an hour plus of just unfinished footage of grand theft auto 6 and it got taken down immediately and then like i said um rockstar's parent company take two you know called the fbi tracked him down to some shitty little apartment in like london somewhere i think or somewhere in england it might not be london but like they found him and they like brought some kid and those big news like 17 year old carried out by fbi <laughs> and it's like well we know it's a 17 year old who hacked into <laughs> hacked into the grand theft auto thing so i mean you know correlations and that kid um i don't know what's happened to him since it kind of disappeared after that so who he, knows he where he is now never heard from again i don't want to say that but i mean have you heard from him if you have called the gvm line 201 Seven three zero two five four seven. Let us know how he's doing. I can't imagine well. Jeez. Uh, let's see. Other video game news. Activision Blizzard accused of spying on protesting workers. I, I mean, we're talking about how Warner Brothers should like just shut down the Flash movie. Like, I feel like Activision Blizzard just needs to. I mean, they got bought out in the midst of all the controversy, yes. Yes. and and it's still not gone. Like, they, they just need they, to they shut need down the company. Just, they they should just. You can't shut. I think the name alone you can't shut down, but everyone in that building who is above janitor might need to be looked at with a with a fine a fine toothed comb. You know, just get a good look at every single person above janitor and make sure that they're who we want in the company. Because I haven't heard a positive thing about Activision Blizzard and I don't know how long. And, and yeah, and, it's been years. Yeah. And they, they just need to they just need to like it, almost like you're breaking up a monopoly. They just need to take all the properties and sell it off, and the company doesn't exist anymore, and its properties all belong to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, just just sell, which they won't do because you know they they have some great properties. What, what, what um, properties do they have? So I mean, I think I'm pretty sure they they have Dota. They have the the a lot of like the like World of Warcraft stuff like that. You know, they have a whole convention of BlizzCon every year. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's D&D. Fighting with the legends of yore. It's D&D. Sorry, you know what the music means. So we have to start talking about yes. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, did you see that Joe Manganiello is going to co-direct uh, a documentary? A D&D documentary? No, but I'm actually excited about that. I didn't even know they are doing that. I mean, he, he, he's a good he, person to one, do it, right? Him, him, and Vin Diesel are the only uh, professional people I trust to do anything with D and D. Because I know Vin Diesel's more secret than Joe is. Joe is way more out of the closet about being a D and D fan. Um, but I mean, it's gonna be cool. Is it like gonna be one of those like Netflix documentaries, or is it gonna be like I can go to a theater and see this type of situation? Do we know yet? I'm looking. I'm looking. Well, anyways, while Scott looks, I'll wrap poetic real quick about how i excited for the prospect of a D&D documentary. Because, you know, the history of D&D, as we all know, wasn't always the best. You know, they thought you were going to summon Satan and, you know, that playing this game is the devil, <laughs> literally and figuratively. You know, okay, so, so it says here it's going to be, it's like, it's an official authorized telling of the Dungeons and Dragons history with over 400 hours of archival footage from the earliest years of the game. So I think it's going to be 
pretty sweet. But you know, it's funny you say it wasn't always that great. So um, I, I realize it's not on the prep sheet, but uh, so like TSR, right? Yes. Lost all, lost their rights, whatever. Sold to Wizards of the Coast, which is owned by Hasbro, right? And then at some point there was a trademark dispute over the name TSR. Yes. Right. And then, uh, and then TSR was going to try to come back with like Gary Gygax's son. I can't think yeah, of his Gygax name. Junior. Gygax Junior. And then he like has like a racist rant and kind of gets the new TSR kind of canceled. And then recently, this came up over the last couple of weeks, and I, I I meant to put it on the prep sheet. They tweeted, um, Giant Land, right? Who is the who is where, like what used to be T, like is the current iteration of what used to be TSR, like the one that was affiliated with Gary Gygax Jr. I believe. And they tweeted something like their game Giant Land, which is their RPG, right? Um, was you know, offends the, uh, it like just said, oh, the joke that offends everybody. And it like made like, like it was political, like the wokes and the magas. And I'm like, what, what, who, who even cares about this? Like, I don't, I don't understand what about this game. Did we talk about this on the show at all? We didn't, right? I, th- I think we might've just a little bit, not much though. Did we hit, all right. It was just, I just, it just, it was funny when you, we were talking about the history of Dungeons and Dragons, it was just like the, the current situation of the original creators of the show is not good. <laughs> I, th- I think, uh, yeah. uh, you know, no, it, I mean, Wizards of the Coast is doing a pretty good job of keeping it up there. Because, yeah, we did. Because we also talked about the fact that the uh, some other company wanted to use Star Frontiers, and it was basically just a racist uh, uh, remake of, of what used to be a TSR property, and Wizards yeah. of the Coast is suing them to shut that down, right? Okay, so we did talk about that already. I just thought about that. Anyway, but, yeah, I think you're right. Joe, Joe Manganiello... Vin Diesel, there's a few like Hollywood D and D nerds out there, but I think Joe Manganiello is probably the most legit, the, the most well known of them. Yes. Also played Flash Thompson in the original Spider Man with Tobey Maguire. Yes. <laughs> you would also, not recognize him, right? No. Yeah. I mean, it took like a minute. People have to remind me, like, oh, that's Joe Manganiello. I'm like, oh yeah, it is. Like, I can see the facial structure a little bit. But that's it. Yeah. Without the beard, yeah. without without like you know being an adult, it's like it's like oh okay. So yeah, I I, I mean I think that he could do a good job i would love to see that i like you know i love the history stuff did you get the um the archive i'm sure you did for kev but like the that you know the big Art big hardcover book with like all the the dnd archives oh, my, my good friend has it i don't know if kev kev might have it i don't have it yeah i got um, the i got the special edition on that one and you could still get the regular version of it which is you know obviously a lot cheaper and the only difference is that it doesn't yeah. come in a uh, like a slipcase box right but it's still yeah. the same all the pages are the same but uh you know but i i would I, that i think is a is a nice piece for a D fan it's just you know oh yeah i mean because you know it's how a it nice is a little coffee table adventure yeah you know you see the you see the images you know drawn by Errol Otis or whatever you know all the artwork from yeah. the from the old school stuff it's like it's so recognizable i look at it and go yep i had that yeah i had that i had that yeah. and you know that's one of that's one of my big regrets yeah, it, of my life was when i Decided at some point I was never going to play D&D again and got rid of all my I'm D&D an adult. Stuff. Throws it out. Yep. Fuck, I'm an adult with money, and I can't get it. Yeah, now I can't it. get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, spe- speaking of money, tell me how much money you're going to have to spend on your Magic the Gathering cards now. So, for those who are not in the loop, because I imagine, I don't know how many people listen to the show are Magic the Gathering fans. Magic the Gathering is celebrating its 30th anniversary, which, 
very excited to celebrate third anniversary of magic i've been enjoying magic now for a couple years now so they're releasing 30th the 30th anniversary edition so what is the 30th anniversary edition uh so what this is it's a reprinting technically because i'll go into the logistics of this in a little bit of the original magic the gathering set the alpha set that came out 30 years ago it's a reprinting so they're updating the uh you know the the cards they look you know they'll look like they do in the new frames but the problem is they're gonna have uh like a different back so they will not be tournament legal cards so you can't play them in any tournament or any sanctioned magic the gathering event they're just collectibles literally and technically they're not real magic cards also you can get a booster box which contains four packs four packs for $1,000. So for $1,000, you get 60 pieces of cardboard that you can't play in any uh, <laughs> legal Magic the Gathering event. There are also 60 randomized cards. So some cards, like there's Black Lotus. Black Lotus is the card in Magic worth the most money. You know, a real Black Lotus in good condition can sell for $30,000. Why? You might get that. Why? You might get that. Why? 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 Why would somebody pay thirty thousand dollars for it? What? What do you do with it, it when you pay thirty thousand dollars for it? You 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 use it later and sell it for fifty, and then you put a down payment on a house. I mean, okay. I I I'm I'm I have to ask. Okay. So I I, I will a, talk. There's Magic okay. the Gathering stock. <laughs> Think of it like stock. It's an investment. It's like a blue chip thing. But only if somebody else wants to buy it, which people do. Uh, okay, but so. Again, this is a game. These are yes. game pieces that you are buying. Yes, but these are not... You can't legally play them in a game. No, the, the $1,000 set you can't play in the game. But just in general, but the Black Lotus that you're talking about for $30,000, that's just a yes. game piece. That's like me yes. buying, a, you know, buying a Boardwalk card that I really think yes. is cool so I can add it to my Monopoly set over here for $30,000. Yes. But the, only, the other thing is, too, it's from something called the Reserve List. The Reserve List is a list of cards from, like, all right, like... From 92 to like 95, they're never going to reprint again in the legal sense, which is what this gets around. Because they made like a binding con. They, they, it's, there's a lot of like weird legality parts of this, of the reserve list, where basically there are cards that you, they can't reprint because they made a promise in a magazine like 2000. And at this point now, it's been too long. And it's legally binding. So if they were to do it, they could be sued. Because then the the value of these cards that are thousands and thousands of dollars would plummet because they made new ones. Um, so yes. See, all right. Now I also this again comes back to my my issue. Yes. Well, I mean, if I have a San Diego Comic Con exclusive, and then I yes. sell it online, then it's not a San Diego Comic Con exclusive. So I do have an issue with that. However, if if I make some item you know, that I think is cool looking, you know, whatever, Funko Pop, and I create a thousand of them and then they sell out and they're selling on eBay for a thousand dollars. And then I go, I'm going to make more. They can't sue me. Screw them. It's my company. I'll make as many of the things that I, as I want. Right now, because what do I care at Magic the Gathering? Well, I guess they want people to spend a thousand dollars on it, this it's set. It's Hasbro because it's Has Hasbro. Still, okay. Oh boy. All right. There we go. Um, but what do I care 
which makes sense uh, for a thousand dollars. So take the thousand dollar set out of it and just go to a regular pack of magic cards. How much does a pack of magic cards cost? Four bucks. Okay. So I'm making my four bucks on those, you know, 10 cards all day long. And that's where I make my money. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, the fact that some of those cards then become worth $30,000, that's not my gig. I'm just making the $4 pack of cards. Right. And if I want to print whatever I want to print, I don't care about the secondary market. I'm printing a game. They don't get any of that $30,000 for Black Lotus. No, they also can recognize the secondary market, which is another thing. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So why would they, who would hold them accountable for a promise to never reprint something? Because uh, people, the guys who, who, who have their house backed by magic cards. Right. But that, but my point is yeah. that, that when you buy a pack of Magic the Gathering, nowhere on there does it say, we're never going to reprint what's in here. These things are original and never coming again, right? This is just yes. a pack of game pieces for the game. And if we want to print Black Lotus again, that's our yes. discre- at our discretion. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's the thing. There technically is nothing legally saying they can't. They're worried about what happens when they do, which is why they did it this way, which is why they said it so it's not tournament legal. Yeah. So you can essentially do nothing with these cards. Right, so they're, so now they're just something, they're for looks. Yes. And yes. H- how many cards are in the set? So it might be a couple hundred, maybe like 200 maybe, give or take. It might mm-hmm. be less. But here's the thing too. You're going to get 60 randomized cards. So you paid $1,000 for 60 randomized cards. You are not guaranteed $1,000 back. You might get $100 back on your $1,000 lottery ticket essentially. That's what this is. It's a thousand dollar lottery ticket. Yeah, sure. You could get ten thousand dollars if if you if you go nuts. If if you absolutely get if, if God Himself smiles upon you and you get the best stuff, you also get ten dollars essentially. But but nobody's going to buy these new cards. Why would they? I mean, like in the secondary market, that, that what would make someone, the reprints have any value in the secondary market? They're reprints. They always have value. These uh, will, these cards will hold value. Which is the crazy thing because they've done this before. There's another thing about 20, maybe give or take years ago, maybe less. They did this similar thing where they released uh, collector versions of the original set. But what they did differently, they printed every single card one time. So you got the complete set and then a, and then a pack of random cards, 60 random cards. They sold that to you for $50. Now, now they want a thousand bucks for it. Now they want a thousand dollars for not the complete set and doubles possible of shit cards. So, Hasbro has this is this is this is the Haslab. Hasgrab, uh, Hasgrab. Yes, cash it's, grab. It's real. No, it's it's horrible. The fact that you can't play this in any tournament legally, you know, they're just it's. You can go to Etsy and print all of these cards out for $50 or maybe $100. And it is essentially, not essentially, it literally is the same thing. Sure, it's not printed by a Wizard of the Coast cardboard printer, but it functions as the same thing. I have a friend who just goes to Staples and just makes stuff up and prints it out for us if you want to get essentially what this is. It's a proxy. It's not a real card. So they're selling you a thousand dollar fake cards randomly. So and they so, thought this is a great way to celebrate 30 years of Magic the Gathering. So, yeah. Also, 
the game stores will get one box. That's it. They'll get one box. That's the entire allocation. They don't care how much you want to spend. If you want to get more, you'll get one box. VIP stores, which are a thing that happens, will get like three boxes. And they have a very limited print run. They're not going to print to order. They're going to print 10,000, you know, and that's it. That's all they'll ever be. They'll never be here anymore. So. And is 1,000 the price point? Are they going to sell at that price? Yeah, probably. I don't see them going lower. Um, I mean, again, I mean, for 64, that's just, yeah. that's a high price point. Yes. No, this is the most expensive Magic Gathering product we've ever seen. That's it's... been legitimately sold. And what's funny is, you know, they did, like they all do for Hasbro, they do that, like, the live stream. They're like, we're really excited for this product and what it means for the community. We're really celebrating 30 years of Magic the Gathering in the stores by selling them one box of 60 cards for $1,000. Oh, so so each store can only get one and sell one box? That's it? That's it. You'll never get more. So you, okay. I mean, so that's, I mean, yeah, it's a very limited print run. So... Let's say they, even, you, even you the store that right you go to Hasbro beyond that. Yeah. So even the store that you go to, it's you and your buddy both want to get it. Only one of you is going to get it because that store is only going to get one. Yes. That's dumb. This it's is just, super dumb. This it is the whale whale of, of, of products I've ever seen in my entire life. The, I think the real problem here is that we, the geek community, support yes. it by buying this bullshit. Don't buy it. Yes. Nobody buy this $1,000 set. Oh, I wish I wish it was that easy. I really do. It, it all comes back to Hasbro. It really does. Hasbro said like two, three years ago that they want to like double their return and everything. And since then, they've been doing it with their toys. They're doing it with their cards. They're doing it not as much with, with D&D, but I mean, there have been more D&D books lately. I feel like, you know, maybe it's just me. You know, they're just pumping out product because they know people will buy it. Yeah. And then they do the thing that they always do. It's like, now this is exclusive. And, and they whisper FOMO in your ear because, oh, if you miss this, you'll never get it again. It's, you know? it's just awful. I, it just, I, I mean, it really, it comes back around, right? This is the world, the capitalistic world that we live in, right? At some point in history, right? When you were, I, I'll use IBM as the example because I've read this story, right? Yeah. Originally, IBM as a company, said, well, we want to make sure that our customers are happy. We want to make sure that our employees have a good place to work. And we want to make sure that our area where our buildings are, you know, the community that we live in is supported by that because we offer jobs and, you know, that we're a, a good part of our community. And, you know, we'd like to make sure that our suppliers, you know, the people that we buy the things to, f- to fund our company with, that they make a decent living, right? That we support mm-hmm this community right and now it's fuck the customers fuck our employees fuck our suppliers and i'm not saying ibm i'm saying companies in general the only people that matter are our shareholders and we want to grind as much money out of all of those other people to just go to our shareholders right yes we want to make our customers pay the maximum we want to pay our employees the minimum we want to just drive our vendors into the dirt so that you know, if they don't want to sell it to us at this price, we'll go buy it from somebody else at a cheaper price, right? You know, and it, I mean, and and that's it. And, you know, and you can clearly see that happening with Disney parks, right? You know, you feel it. They don't care about their customers. They care about the money that they're making. 
And so that's, I mean, that's what magic sounds. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So. No, it's horrible. Yeah. Oh, you know, boy. See where, see where we are and where we're going, you know? No one's excited for what's going on with magic. Yeah. And again, but, they put- but we don't have the uh, ability as consumers to say, I'm not going to buy it. Because somebody, and there's enough people that are going to, same thing at Disneyland, right? We don't have the power as individuals to say, screw you, we're not going to renew our passes. Because enough people are going to do it that it doesn't matter. So gonna, someone else will be like, okay, I will. Yeah, there's somebody right behind you that's going to, so we can't, which is yeah. too bad. Because then it just, it makes them feel like what they're doing is right. Because they're getting what they wanted, which was more money. Oh, look, we, we've, we've doubled our, our income. So that means that we can keep doing this and no one will care. Right. I mean, yeah, that, and that, unfortunately, it's true. Ugh. All right. So, so let me ask you this: You said thirty years of Magic: The Gathering. Yes. But like, how long did it take for it to like catch on before like it was really popular? It wasn't popular right away, right? I mean, no, it's no. like in the last uh, like maybe fifteen to twenty years where it really has gotten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it really blew up about fifteen, twenty years ago. It was like around like you had to be like a deeper nerd. I feel like yeah. deeper geek to really appreciate it before it really blew up. No. Has it had a peak? Like, is it, it's not as is it not as popular today as it was at its peak, or is it still rising as a, as a game? Um. Well, so the things have changed a lot. Like, there's no more. You know, there used to be like a competitive circuit where, like, you know, they would every time they'd be a new set, they'd start up a new competitive circuit. So it was always cool to see like names you know competing, like with the cards that you play with, and seeing how they do. And they used to stream it, and there'd be like commentary. That's all gone. They okay. got rid of that because they had to pay them because money would have to be involved to pay them and get a venue and all that stuff. So that, that had to be cut. So there's no more competitive play, which I feel like really was like peak magic, the gathering. Cause like, you know, you kids could literally dream like, Oh, I can, you know, the money might've been shit, but you, you could have been a professional magic player. Right. Like people had that aspiration and now it's like, Whereas, yeah, like, a... video games are still there, right? Esports yeah. is becoming more of a thing. It's still more yes. and more likely that, you know, yeah, you if you play your cards right, you could literally make money playing video games someday, right? Yeah. And so you had that thought with Magic for a little while, but that's it's it's kind of that's like it's, it's on the Dead. decline. It's never coming back, probably. Yeah. Other card games have come out and have been capitalizing on that since then, actually, because card games nowadays don't really have that, like, live play, like, oh... Scott on the West Coast. Scott's the best player of this deck, and I love seeing Scott do this with the deck. He really knows how to pilot it and knows when to play the right card at the right time. Like people can like, it's it's just more fun. And now that's all gone. Yeah, and you know you you don't get to see, you just have the cards, which is cool. I I always love the cards. I'm excited when stuff comes out, but then it's also like, they just keep every it feels like every month they keep just throwing shit at us and making us spend money and then they they throw this like oh cool now spend a thousand dollars at once do it yeah like i said it's just sometimes it feels like just that price point is so over the top that it's like a slap yes. in the face yes so yeah all right well let's do this it's dnd warriors that terrify it's dnd all right, let's uh, let's talk product for a minute. There was, uh, I know, I know, we shared this in in our in our like show tweet or uh, sh- our message, our show account. Um, that book that was like thirty volumes in one. What was it? One Piece. The One Piece. Thing? Yeah, yeah, it was the, the single book that's like twenty one thousand yeah. pages. Yeah, but it, it, and it's a One Piece. Yeah, that's what it's called. Is, is that a, that's an anime? 
or a manga? Yeah, so it, it's a manga and then it also has an anime. <laughs> and that was priced at 1,900 pounds? Something like that, yeah. And it's, so what is it, like three feet long? It's one book, one spine, in a yeah, slipcover? Yeah, it's a cover? giant, yeah, it's not, it's a book. <laughs> and the fact that there's a, a front cover, a back cover, and pages, you know? Um, but, yeah, physically impossible really to read. readable, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna hold a world record though, right? It'll be literally the biggest the biggest book ever. Yeah, it, it's it's a cool. If if it was available to the 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 public at large, it'd be a cool set piece. Right, I mean that's I'd all it is. It's that. it's for look. Well, that, you know what? To go back, so if you're the collector and you buy that thousand dollar set of Magic the Gathering cards, what do you do mm-hmm. with it? Do you put them in the little three ring binder? Do you put them in a poster frame? Do you keep them in the box? What do you do with it? I own it. That, okay, what do I do? I don't know, How do actually. I appreciate it? It was fun. It was funny you mentioned that because in my mind, like I almost enjoy the idea of a giant book more than these cards. You know what it is though? It's also the thing of the book will retain value, yeah, way better than these cards. Because, like I said, you are spending a thousand dollars or something that's worth in theory a thousand dollars, roughly. Right. You're spending a thousand dollars on these cards, and you might get a hundred bucks back. It, one's a lottery ticket and one's just a really fuck you big book. But so, so what you think though is that people are just buying it to resell it. You're not buying it to keep as a collector. It's currency. Yeah, no, it's not yeah, a yeah. collection. Yeah, someone's gonna try and get a car with it someday. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. See, that's see, that's that's not even a collection. It's, it's sealed, so, it's, so you might. Hey, this box might have a black lotus in it. You don't know that, so you might be able to get your your you know you could get your kid through college with this. Oh, just buy it for me for two thousand dollars. See, like, like I said, I can understand spending the big money on, well, you know, this is where I give Kev a hard time, right? You know, we talked about it at the top of the episode, like all those cool things that he owns, but they're in boxes in, in a where in in a warehouse somewhere. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah. but I know he's the plan is to get to a point where he can display it, and I, and I get all that, but it's like, you know, I, I saw a thing once that I kind of took to heart, and it said, if you have a collection of whatever you collect and it's mm-hmm. in a box somewhere how are you getting joy from that like it's kind of before the uh you know the, the does it bring you joy the the tidying up lady it was that same kind of idea right you got to dis- you know put it somewhere where you can see it and you can enjoy it then that's the reason to have a collection if it's just in a box somewhere then what enjoyment are you getting out of it right yeah so i kind of took that to heart a little bit and so you know like the stuff that i like you know the few toys that i did keep I've, I've, you know, I've opened them up and they're, you know, if I've got a Funko Pop, the Pop is out of the box and it's sitting on a shelf instead of in a box. You know what I mean? It's like, what's the point? I, I don't have it to sell it later. I have it because I like the thing, uh, you know, and, and, but that's, I mean, I think that's, the, there are different kinds of collectors, right? If you're collecting for a financial gain, that's a job. That's not fun. That's not a hobby, right? If you collect Batman stuff because you like Batman. If you collect Hulk stuff because you like, you know, like the, the, the Joe Fix-It, right? You're like, oh, you like that character. Now you've got it. You can see it. You can put it on your desk or whatever, and it brings you some little bit of happiness when you see it. That's what it's supposed to do. If you said, if it was, if it happened to have still been in the, uh, you know, I, it's, a, it's a builder, so it couldn't be in a, in a box, but you know what I mean? Yeah. If it was still in its packaging, and then you just took that packaging and wrapped it up all nicely and put it in a box and put it somewhere, and you never see it, then why did it matter? You can think about what it looks like anytime you want. Why buy it? If you're going to buy it, put it somewhere where you can see it and then get some enjoyment out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. 
Speaking of speaking of spending money on things. eBay alert. eBay alert. eBay alert. So the all the props uh there's now that Walking Dead is done filming, they're selling all the props. What's the what's the highest one? What's the what's the what's the one that went for the most? What do you think? Walking Dead. Like what is it? Yeah. Or or price wise? No, no. Well, first, what do you think the prop that sold for the most was? Uh, Daryl's crossbow. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know. I don't see that on the list. That's that would be a good call. But you're you're thinking around the right in the right. Uh... Is it, or is it like a, a, a Michonne's katana? No, oh, you're 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 on the right line. It's it's Negan's bat. Negan's bat. Okay. Yeah, a production used Negan's bat, fifty one thousand dollars. Okay, see, I was gonna start at ten because I was gonna go high. I'm like, all right, this might it might start here. But... You know, it's it's crazy. An actual motorcycle that Daryl rode sold, sold for thirty grand, but the bat sold for fifty grand. <laughs> That's crazy. Let's see. You got the Stetson that uh, Judith and Carl wore for twenty six thousand dollars. Here's the, the katanas for nineteen thousand. Uh, Rick's jacket for fifteen thousand. Oh, the, it's crazy. The car, the Crown Vic police interceptor that uh, autographed by Andrew Lincoln and John Bernthal sold for eleven grand. Really? That's yeah. not bad. That's not bad for a car. Heck, I mean, if it drives, you can drive. You can drive around the the police car from uh, Walking Dead. That's not bad. So, I mean, you know, there. It's funny. I mean, you know, that's just a way to generate more revenue, right? Yeah. You know, it used to be you took all the props and you put them in a. I mean, what? crew took them home or they got thrown away or they were put in a warehouse somewhere in case they made a sequel but yeah now they're just like they sell it at you know the show ends and it's got a big uh following like because they sell it because i mean even i think i've heard actors say like in the old days you know you would take a souvenir but now it's like they're like tagging all the stuff and that goes in the you know like they're tagging it because they're going to sell it so you can't yeah like i mean you know because what's his name would have taken Lucille taking the bat, right? He would have just taken it home and said, "Yeah, this was my souvenir from my time on The Walking Dead." But no, that's fifty grand for the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, I wonder how much money they make just on selling the props. Like how much they they made probably with that all together. I mean, you know, it's probably a few hundred thousand dollars. I mean, when you yeah. really think about it, a couple hundred thousand dollars is that that much when you compare it, when you think about how much. It's probably maybe like an episode back, like one of the earlier episodes. Yeah. Like episode two might have been that much money. So it's like, oh, you know what? That was a free episode that day. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? Did you see the uh, the Hulkbuster Iron Man Lego set? I I, I saw it. Um, I, I, I'm I not doing I, – I have to convince myself because part of me loves Legos. <laughs> I don't see a really cool Lego set. I'm like, no, Dominic, you're not getting a Lego set. No matter how cool it is how much you want it and how much you know where it would go. That's things that Kevin says. You are not him yet. <laughs> you have time. So my my wife's, one of her cousins used to work at Legoland. And like... Oh, nice. One day, a couple days a year, they let employees have like half price. And, you know, Legos typically don't ever really go on sale. They just, they're always whatever their price is. Yeah. And so um, I picked up like three or four like batman lego sets and you know when we didn't have kids at the time and i'm like i literally like i never opened them i've got them sitting over there and i'm like one day when the kids are old enough to start you know doing like real legos we'll open these up and we'll put i put a few of them together but then once we got kids you can't just leave them sitting out displayed because the kids are going to grab them and destroy them 
So, so the one, so, so I've taken those Batman Lego things that I put together, and I put them in a box with a, within a few other sets that I haven't opened up yet. And it's like, okay, one of these days we'll build all the Batman Legos and we'll display them somewhere or whatever. Or you know, maybe we won't. I'll just say, here's a bunch of Legos you can play with them. First, let's follow the instructions and build it, and then you can tear them apart and do whatever yeah, you, you can want. Have with fun. Them. But it, like, I, I'm kind of saving it at this point, for, for, so I can you know, build the Batman Legos with my kids and then I'll let them... Because, I mean, when I was a kid, I never built... I never followed the instructions on anything. I built yeah. a shit ton of stuff out of Legos. I never followed the instructions. I just built whatever I wanted, you know? It was... You know? So, I mean, you know, to, to say, oh, it's you like have to... like the Lego movie. Yeah, you don't have to do what it says on the instructions. Just have fun with it, so... Um, so you said... So you're... You like Legos, but you don't... Like, you're not... You don't have a lot, or did you have them when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I had a good... I had Legos. Anything that, like, I could build... Like I had a lot of transformers and stuff, and like and I had a lot of toys. Where it's like I take these things and I put them together to make a thing, a bigger thing. So I had a lot of Legos. I had those, like those like big blocks too, you know, because they give them to kids too. It's like here's Legos, but you're small still. So have these giant Legos that essentially do the same thing. Um, yeah, a lot of those kind of toys when I was a kid. And then after a while, when I got older, um. I got frustrated because I st- I wanted to follow the the rules and the patterns and stuff like, okay, I'm going to build this car. And I would struggle because I like, I can't find the piece. I can't find the small gray skinny line thing that's yeah. supposed to go on top of this. So I'm just getting frustrated and like, I'm just going to put it in this bag and deal with it later. And later never happened. Yeah. I mean, you've got to like open the box and then it's all set up to be built because it, you know, yeah. and help, it helps you through the process it's not just a pile of legos to come back later and try to follow the instructions by digging through that's very frustrating i agree yeah i think because i think i didn't realize that i was like let me just dump all these out and then i'll figure it out and it's like nope dominic that's not how that works i I always do love like there's a tv show it's like lego masters where they're just like build a motorcycle out of legos and they build like life-sized fucking motorcycles out of lego blocks and it's incredible people do with legos yeah well like you know like at disney there's there's the lego store and out front of the lego store there's some pretty big lego sculptures yeah. basically it's a sculpture it's what it is i mean you know when you're building life-size things and then at lego land it's the same deal it's like when you go to lego land i think that the age range of kids that would like it is, is pretty young like you know if you're a teenager you're kind of over it and like lego land isn't going to be all that exciting but then when you're an adult you then look, you know, then you look and go, oh, that's awesome. When I was a kid, I liked Legos. Look, here's life-size yeah. Chewbacca built out of Legos. You know, so it's like no, you're getting yeah. you're getting Chewbacca and Star Wars that you like, but it's also Legos that you like. So it's kind of it's just kind of a fun, you know. So like you get some nostalgia just from walking around Legoland as an adult, and then the kids they can play with the Legos, they can ride the rides, you know. But I think there's a big age gap in Legoland where people nope. don't find it interesting. I, I was at Legoland in California when I was in the middle of the age gap, and I I regret it because I was like, man. All these rides are for kids, and these yeah. are stupid Legos. And I'm like, they built all of Manhattan out of Legos. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Like, I was at my edgy teenage, and I'm like, man, this is stupid. Yeah, oh, uh. for sure, for sure. We're and we uh, we're going back to Legoland. I think right around Halloween, we went early for their Brick or Treat, which is the Legoland version of nice. the Oogie Boogie Bash, right? 
Uh, and we won the costume. We won the family costume contest. So we won like uh, a set of Legos and everything. It was fun. Um, but we're going to go back again. So our kids are right in the age range where they have a good time at Legoland. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's the one. That's the thing that I would say about Legoland is the age range is limited. Once the kids get a little older, they're not going to enjoy it. It's the same thing. We take them to there's a, a water park, uh, an indoor water park called Great Wolf, Great Wolf Lodge. And yes. again, same thing. I think for kids, you, you know, up to, you know, maybe early teens, they're going to have a blast. It's just, you know, water slides and pools and running around and having a good time. But once you're a teenager, you're like, oh, these rides aren't scary. They're not fast enough. And, and you know, and I think, I think that, you know, like your age range at like Great Wolf is very limited too. And then they're going to outgrow it and not enjoy it, uh, you know, until you're an adult again. So, uh, all right. I got one more, one more thing in product, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about this for a while because it's got uh, 42 days remaining. But we, we spoke a couple of episodes ago about a company called Fresh Monkey Fiction and some of the, the long box collection and some other, uh, I mean, just these really awesome figures. And again, I, I don't have a ton of figures, uh, you know, because I don't have a lot of room to display. The stuff that I have, I display it on, you know, and, and I make my choices on what I buy based on, uh, you know, where I'm going to put it and how it's going to go. Uh, and so, but we talked about how really cool the Longbox collection looks and, and uh, some of the waves that Kev's going to have to go back onto eBay to find. Well, Eagle Force Wave 7 from Fresh Monkey Fiction is uh, doing a crowdfunding event right now. So let me just read the flavor text here. I don't know, Kevin can tell us more about how cool these figures are and, and, and what's really special about them. They look fantastic, but I'm just going to tell you what it says here. It says, we're excited to offer Eagle Force Wave 7. The wave features characters from Eagle Force Returns, Freedom Force, Space Force, Adventure Force, Eagle Force Voyagers, some fan-requested reissues from previous appointments and collaborations with Chicken Fried Toys, right? So uh, you can, uh, Wave 7 here, the basic bundle includes nine figures plus a bonus figure if all nine figures fund. The assortment includes John Strong, Commander Eagle, Claw Henchman, Gear Shift, Lash Lightning, Jet Powers, Prince Sarzek, General Brown, Bruce Maddox, and the bonus figure Nemesis 2, if they all fund. And then there's a bonus collection, which has got some reissues in it, and that includes Ultima Thule, Riot Commando, Grim Reaper, and uh, Riot Urban Commando. So, I mean, again, if you like these kind of, these figures, um, what are they, 12-inch? Are these 12-inch figures? Uh, you know, they got multiple heads, multiple hands, multiple uh, accessories. I mean, if you're an army builder, I mean, you know, picking up a few of these things, man, you can really set up a hell of a display with these things. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, some of them are, like, perfectly... I mean, they're all a lot of detail, obviously. A lot of pieces come with these characters. So you're able to do a lot of different configurations. But, I mean, they look just cool enough where it's like, if I had 30 Riot Commandos, it would just look cool, you know? fighting against, you know, some other, you know, like a G.I. Joe or something like that, or fighting against someone else. It just looks, it'll look like a cool figure, you know? Absolutely. And they all just look awesome. I mean, we've talked about uh, this company before. They do really well with these figures. You know, there's an amazing amount of detail in this. There's a small little action figure, which I feel like goes under the radar sometimes. It's just very, very detailed, very awesome all the way through. Yeah, I mean, so I'm looking. If you wanted the entire set of seven, which would be eight, if they if if they do, I think it's only three hundred that they need to hit it. You're looking at two fifty for the entire set, but you can buy uh, different groupings, right? You know, you can get the Eagle Force 
Uh, we have two. Oh no, there's there's some other things. But so you could pre-order these different sets of these different guys. Um, and again, as of recording, there's about 42 days left, and I'm looking at the different guys. And so it's you've got the counter on here, right? So like one of the guys is already at 300. They need to sell 300 pieces to to for you to get the bonus. And I mean, most of them are over 200. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, the one that's already at 300 is General Brown, Commander of Space Force. Again, I mean, he's got uh, like the the, do the the glass dome kind of space helmet. Um, he's got four different heads, one, two, three, four sets of hands, a couple of different guns. I mean, you know, so he's already done. And then everybody else, there's, uh, you know, the claw henchman, which again, would make that's it's your army builder. Uh, he's at 247 pre ordered already. Prince Sarzak is at 211. Lash Lightning 215. So, I mean, I, I think with 40 days to go, these guys are going to get to uh, where they need to get to get those bonuses. But back this project, you know, Fresh Monkey Fiction, they're making some pretty awesome stuff in here. There'll be a uh, link in the show notes. Uh, we're, I think we already tweeted it out today. There'll be a few other. Um, tweets on there. We got to talk to these guys. We got to get these guys on the show to, to yes. just talk about. I mean, if you look at what this is, Wave Seven. So there's what you know, eight or nine in each one of these waves. There's so many of these figures that are out there. They are incredible, and you can get them at you know Big Bad Toy Store and a couple other places. Um, but just go to FreshMonkeyFiction.com and uh, check it out. There you go. And then we'll, we'll tweet the links. The links will be in uh, in the show notes and. Um, if you are an early bird on the Patreon, you'll get it in the uh, in the prep sheet, Encyclopedia Prep Sheetica. Do you want to talk about the HasLab real quick while Kev's not here? <laughs> Just note it. Sure. So I will note the HasLab Engine of Vengeance, we've talked about on the show before, has roughly maintained only 5,000 backers, give or take, for the consistency of the... It might have been, it's like a 40 day campaign. There are 13 days left, a little over, a little under two weeks. They're still at 5,000. They haven't gained any more. They added another tier, um, another uh, figure. I don't know her name. I think it's like Goblin Queen or something like that. Um, apparently, people want the figure, but not enough to buy this entire set. Um, and it's a shame that, you know, we're looking at another HasLab. I mean, is is that like three in a row at this point? Beyond the his tank, I mean his tank aside. So this this failed, Rancor failed, the lightsaber failed. We're at three failures and a short period of time, and one success, which was that his tank. And so, so, is the reason for failure the price point? I think that's all it is, right? I think it's it's the price point. I think it's also kind of, I think part of it is what they're offering. Yeah, you know when you look at it, because too niche, a little too niche, a little like the Rancor could work. I think the Rancor could have worked. This Ghost Rider could have worked, but you know, three hundred and fifty dollars is a lot. You know, I don't know if the if the um whatever her name was from the Obi Wan show. Hello there, um, hello there. <laughs> I didn't know if you were gonna be ready, so that's why I did it for myself. Um, I don't know if that one would have hit. That one felt like a bit of a stretch, but the engine of vengeance and rancor didn't feel like stretches to me. They felt like something where it's like, this could work. I could see it working, but then they just they, there there was nothing to really draw people in. And I think this is the same thing. Yeah, I, and what I'm interested in, what I would want to know 
if I was talking to HasLab, is, okay, so let's say you took this engine of vengeance, you had the original early bird special on there, right, the, the Robbie yeah. uh, body, you had the Mephisto, you had this new tier, whatever they've offered. So, you know, so if it's, if it's the car and all the accessories to the car and three figures, right, and assuming that Mephisto's a little bit bigger, whatever, 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 what is the actual cost to make that? Yeah. Right, you know, and I'm talking all four of those figures, right? You know, the car and the three figures. You know, what does it really cost you? You know, okay, so let's say it costs a hundred bucks in plastic and materials, which probably doesn't. I don't, you know, I don't know. I know plastic's more expensive these days, but I mean, you know, whatever it is, it's like, and I know that the more you sell, the more profit you get, right? Because technically, it gets cheaper, right? You know, because the cost of sculpting yeah. was a one-time cost. The cost of the production of each piece of plastic has certain fixed costs and certain variable costs, you know, but, but so, you know, so let's just say on average, you know, what does it cost? It's like, why? Like, I think that the numbers that they're picking for these things, like 9,000 is also the wrong number, right? Cause they're, yeah. if they made, if they made a hundred of them and sold a hundred of them, they'd make a profit because it's built into the price. Right. But if they sell a thousand of them, then that prop, you know what I mean? Like, even if that profit is even, why do they need to make it the the goal so high? Because you're talk, by the time you sell nine thousand at three twenty five, I mean you know that's a shit ton of money. But I guess that's what it they're comes, saying. It, it comes is, back to the Hasbro thing. Yeah, we have to that. make so much profit. It's a it, we have to make at least a million dollars in profit, or we won't do it. And I'm and I'm thinking you wouldn't have been happy with a half million dollars of profit because you you know if you would have you probably would have made profit. that right of profit. I'm not. I mean that's what I'm saying. So I think yeah. that I think that they're shooting too high. For whatever their minimum, uh, you know, revenue, their revenue requirement, I think they're shooting too high on these things. Like, yeah. so they either need to lower the price point or lower the number of ones that need to be made. You know, and then probably if they lowered the price point, they would probably make up for it in volume if they did, right? Mm -hmm. But again, that's a you know that's a price quantity issue, right? You know, if if a if a hamburger costs five bucks, you know, you sell a hundred of them. If it costs ten bucks, you know, if you sell, you're not going to sell fifty, right? You know, but but if if you lower the price to two fifty, you know, you might sell two hundred, but yeah. but your profit is zero at that point, right? You know, so you got to find that happy medium. And this has been uh, West Coast Scott's Business One Hundred and One. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to get too boring on there. We should probably just wrap up. <laughs> I, I went off on a on a whole uh, price quantity. Coming to a geek thing. stuff Patreon near you. Finance stuff with West Coast Scott. West Coast Scott's finance stuff. Oh boy, that could get me in trouble. <laughs> let's so, do social media. Let's do social media. Uh, so you do Kev's. What are, what's Kev's? So you can find Kev at BK Geek Stuff everywhere that is on Xbox One. Whereas BK, uh, Big Kev GS. Big Kev GS. GS. Yep. You can find me on Instagram and uh, I guess other stuff at fat dumbledore f-a-t-d-o-m-b-l-e-d-o-r-e maybe doing twitter maybe trying to figure out twitter oh speaking of fat dumbledore hagrid died hagrid died yes let's do a quick hagrid thing hagrid died i'm very upset that clip from the harry potter reunion where he's like oh they'll be watching harry potter 50 years from now i won't be here but hagrid will is so much sadder now Oh, do you think do you think he knew? Think he was already sick? Because that wasn't that long ago. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. When did they record that? Maybe a year ago. I mean, maybe yeah. he knew. 
I don't know if he was sick per se. I I didn't check on. Do we know what what he passed away from? I don't think we do. I don't know if we even will. But I mean, he might have been sick and he might have known. And I mean, I'll say this, and this is in no way trying to be disrespectful. I mean, it wasn't like he was, you know, 20. You know, he'd been around for a while. He'd done a lot of things. Yeah, I think he was 72, which, 72, you know, yeah. it's not no, that it's old, young. but it's not that I'm not young. saying it's old. Yeah, you know what I mean? But it happens, you know. It's something, you know, it's sudden. You could be as healthy as an ox, and then it just hits you. You know, you, you never know when it comes for you. You know, it's, if it came for you when you wanted it to come for you, it would never come. Yeah. And and I'll say this. I mean, he is a great actor. Uh, he oh, yeah. did he he's done been in lots of stuff. I know I know Kev posted some uh you know Nuns on the Run and The Pope Must Die and I mean you know and he's been in lots of comedies. Um he also did this show for a, a BBC show called Cracker, right? Mm-hmm. Because he cracks the case, right? It's about a detective who solves cases using clues. No, but I mean, you know, he, so he was like the interrogator, right? When they couldn't when they couldn't get the guy to confess basically he comes in and gets the guy to confess and again they, these were it was you know it was like a netflix show before there was a netflix show right it was really <laughs> they were really intense they were good episodes good acting um you know and only a you know like like a british show it only had you know maybe maybe four episodes in a series right you know and they did probably three or four series of it fantastic show really good um so yeah we're we're sorry to see uh mr mr coltrane uh Shuffle yeah. off this mortal coil. That's too bad. Um, and then if you'd like to find me on the social medias, you can find me at <laughs> Pide Scott on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and be sure you're following the show on all of those. It's Geek Stuff TNG and all those places. Uh, wherever you subscribe to a uh, podcast, like and leave a review there. Somebody said they couldn't. Find, they were wanted us to be on Google Podcast, so I got to figure out how to get the show on the Google on the Googles. So I'm going to work on getting the show on the Google Podcast. But it's certainly available on uh, Apple Podcasts, and you can find us on uh, on the website GeekStuffTNG. And if you'd like to support us over on the Patreon, uh, we would love to see you over there too. Uh, and with that. We will end this episode the way we end some episodes by saying... Wait, I don't do it right because I don't do it very often. With that, we will end this episode, episode 697 of Geek Stuff TNG. The one we're calling, I would murder you to protect Kevin. Something like that. Something like we'll, that. The, the title on the on the show will, will be the proper title. Right. We'll, we'll have sat down and made sure we did it properly. That's right. We will end the show by saying... Good night, Richard Rote. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. When I was just a time that I picked it up, I had a big surprise. Cause right on the bottom were two big buttons that looked like the green eyes.
Let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs> 